Well, back in late October, the Canadian Dairy Commission, the crown corporation that sets the prices paid to producers, announced a record 8.4% increase in the cost of milk used to make dairy products for the retail and restaurant sectors. That increase came into effect today, February the 1st. One estimate says that for an average family of four, the increased cost of dairy could add about 200 bucks to an annual grocery bill of about 14000 So not massive, but certainly something considering how much the price of everything else is going up these days. Well, to make sense of the increase and the impact, I'm joined by Jeff None of Lakeside Dairy. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, this stuff can be a bit complicated, especially when it comes to, to supply management. Uh, what are the reasons behind the increase uh, at its basis? So I guess, I mean, at a fundamental level, we're no different in the dairy industry in that part of my farm. So our farm is mixed. We have grain, seed potatoes. I sell beef. Um, So we're, you know, dialed into kind of a front row seat of of all these different sectors. And it gets talked about a a lot because it is, a, I guess, a a formula and a decision made. It is not one uh, directly by dairy producers. The Canadian Dairy Commission does the research and actually does an increase every year. Um, a lot of it's based on the consumer price index and the cost of production, uh, you know, as they assess it on a national level for dairy farmers. What's unique about this year is a lot of the pressures around, you know, particularly feed and commodities. So grain prices have have climbed um, and seem to be persistent there. So, localized localized production issues and nowhere around the world um, being able to fill in those gaps. So a lot of what we feed our animals has gone up, you know, 50 to 80. In some cases, our feed barley's up 100%. So it's not, you know, I guess from where I sit, it, it, this type of an increase, as much as it's a record, doesn't even cover the real impact on the farm through this uh, through these times. And that's not even to start the discussion around things that... Um, you know, on on transportation costs and you know, price of energy and carbon taxes that have been added to the to the whole uh, kind of bag of what goes into what co- my costs are on the farm. So, um, yeah, I, I get the consumer side of things, and the number sounds very very high, and um, I think it's something worth talking about for sure. But clearly, eight point four percent is not money being put in any in any dairy producer's pocket. So it gets complicated as far as what our farm gate price is going to be. And uh, so the 8.4% increase will be will be administered and overseen by the Canadian Dairy Commission. So they, they actually are the ones that indicate the price back to farmers, but they're dealing with the processing end as well. And a little bit unique on my farm, we started on farm processing a little over a year ago. So I actually deal with the CDC directly on how we get charged for milk that I use in the processing plant to make cheese and butter and any of our dairy products that we bring directly to consumers. So I guess I'll, I'll find out um, in great detail as that bill for milk that we're purchasing this month uh, through that part of our farm enterprise uh, gets, you know, I, I see those direct numbers and see how they actually get calculated out because it is a category by category basis. So, um, you know, farm gate price is an average uh, every farm in Canada receives the same farm gate price on a standardized uh, component of milk. So butter fat is the biggest indicator. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, it's hard to talk about without getting complex because 
there's so many parts of it. I mean, when you break, it's easier to imagine breaking down beef and steak is worth, you know, different amount than ground beef and all of these things. Well, in milk, it, when you utilize it to make various products, you really have a lot of those same characteristics going on uh, as far as the value of the components when it gets processed down. I, I know that one of the increases we're going to see, and it plays into what you were just mentioning, is the price of butter, obviously, is, is the one that's going to... Where where can consumers, do you think, where will we see the impact of this, and, and how long might it take for it to uh, to filter through the system? You know what, I, I guess what I would suspect is that it's not going to be... And I mean, this is just me. I, we haven't seen a farm gate price increase um, since last year. So any increases in dairy that consumers are, have, have experienced over the last year would be a, a reaction of the, of the retail system of processors looking at their other costs that aren't milk that we provide to them. And, um, you know, and maybe forecasting forward that the announcement comes out in November and they take that opportunity to do some increases at that time. So it's, it's really impossible for me to predict um, what, what the processors are going to do with this increase in the short term and, and in turn what the retail end is going to do with the products because dairy is notoriously a loss leader. It's something that they want people coming into the store to uh, to pick up milk in particular. And, and my experience trying to sell cheese to these retailers, they will quickly tell you that they make no money on, on jugs of milk and I can see it based on you know how they have to charge out for it. So um, I, I don't expect that it's going to be immediate and I don't expect that it's going to, you know, if it is, if it is um, dramatic, then I would, I would say that that's uh, an over-exaggeration of the direct cost that we're, that we're trying to uh, recuperate here with, with what we've seen. And, and you have to keep in mind that our costs have been up already for over nine months. So we've been, we've been trying to uh, survive that without a milk price increase until uh, milk that we started producing today. And I'm back with Jeff None of Lakeside Dairy. We've been talking about a rise in the cost of a retail cost, at least of dairy products spurred by a Canadian Dairy Commission price hike that comes into effect today. We're not quite sure when that will happen. Jeff was nice enough to explain some of the ins and outs of what the price hike means and so forth. I know this has been a matter of a lot of debate, Jeff, but what impact would you, do you think um, opening up more of our dairy industry to foreign competition would have? <clears throat> the trade deals, the trade deals with the CETA deal with the European Union and the U.S. deal, really have opened opened Canada up. And when you look at the numbers of what we bring in as dairy, it's it's um, interesting on on how it gets framed. So all of the countries who've demanded that that the border opens are actually less in, less open and inclusive in in uh, you know on the reciprocating side of it. The U.S. imports you know, a, a minuscule amount of dairy on a percentage basis, it's, you know, among the lowest and, and probably, you know, well below, well below 10, I think it's in the 5% range. And these trade deals cumulatively allow 18% of the dairy uh, that Canadians consume to be imported from uh, various countries involved in this, and that's tariff-free product. So, um, you know, it does open up some pressure. On the On the flip side, when we were talking earlier about you know what do you do with all the components that you break down and uh in dairy in the dairy world the protein has really lagged in our ability to move it on a global basis so demand for that type of product is baby food formula a lot of it out of places like china and uh the the trump administration uh was very careful to make sure with sunny purdue and his history of of um 
you know, being a champion of the dairy industry down there and making it really much louder than it was effective for U.S. dairy. But they not only gained access to Canada, but they were careful to cut off any of our ability to compete on those markets to export that portion of our product, which really kind of backs us into a corner as far as that's a surplus a surplus byproduct or low value product when you start skimming off cream and, and trying to make butter and fill these demands for um, the part of the market that is growing. So, you know, I, I think the, the damage to the industry was probably um, significant and maybe more significant than it looks like on the surface. On the good news side of things, I mean, a lot of the contraction and, and the pressure at our farm level, and I know across a lot of farms, um, technology, uh, genetics, being able to breed on the farm for more efficiency and, and working with nutritionists, you know, that's that's something we can control. And I know on our farm, um, when you look at the history, it's been really pretty incredible, the gains that we've been able to make. And I think over the last couple of years, we're pretty proud on our farm of um, our ability to, to make more, uh, to produce more with less, which, you know, is really our only fight against um, some of these some of these lags and in price increases when our other costs are going up. Right, of course. Um, this was a question that I w- that that we were curious about today. We were discussing speaking with you, and the question came up: Why does milk last so much longer now than it used to when you buy it on the shelves? I don't know if you have the answer to it, and I know it seems a bit like a bit of a light question compared to what we were just talking about. But is there an answer to why it lasts longer than it used to? Yeah, so I guess uh, advances in, in, in especially the larger processors in, in how the packaging is sanitized and the ability to seal that product in there, temperature that it's stored at. The other um, baseline for pasteurization is, you know, the, the old theory and, and what we do on our farm and um, in what we're processing is a low temperature for a longer time. So the baseline for pasteurization is 63 degrees for 30 minutes. Um, when you get up into the higher temperatures, you you don't need to maintain that temperature for as long, but it also lengthens the shelf life. And you can go all the way up. So the, sta- the, the next step up for a high temperature short time would be 72 degrees. Um, and that goes all the way up to ultra high. So if you get into Europe and, and into, you know, I guess this part of the world we travel in Mexico or in the Caribbean, a lot of their milk products are in Tetra Packs and they're stored um, just out on the counter. They don't even need to be refrigerated. You're talking about pasteurization that's hitting more than 90 degrees for a few seconds. And it changes how the milk tastes because you start cooking proteins and, and changing that part of the milk, but it does add to shelf life. So that'll explain not just shelf life variation and, and the choice by specific brands to where they're going to land their temperature and how they're going to try to deal with uh, with shelf life but also the flavor differences are going to come predominantly from that decision around how it's pasteurized. Right. So not just our imagination that even sort of fresh milk on the shelves in the fridge here in Canada does seem to be lasting a little bit longer than it might have. Sure. And that would be driven by, you know, what consumers are willing to expect uh, and and accept um, and just efficiencies of being able, like shelf life is a, is a large, is a big concern, right? That you don't want to have stuff spoil before it gets sold and, I think all of that plays into it on a, on a much higher level than uh, where you and I uh, can have conversations. <laughs> no, doubt. no doubt. Jeff Nune, thanks so much. Uh, it's uh, been fascinating to get, uh, to get an inside view of all these issues. I always appreciate the opportunity uh, out here on the farm to engage with consumers. So it's, it's kind of part of what we do and part of our brand here uh, specifically on our farm. So thanks for the opportunity.